I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about an Asian elephant that left a lasting impression on Renaissance-era Europe, from his role in Portuguese politics to his influence on the Protestant Reformation. This is the story of Hanno, the Pope's pet elephant. The day was June 8th, 1516. Pope Leo X's favorite pet, a rare white elephant named Hanno, passed away at the age of seven. Hanno was buried beneath the Belvedere Courtyard at the Vatican Palace in Rome. His gravesite was adorned with a memorial fresco designed by the acclaimed Italian artist Raphael, and the Pope himself wrote Hanno's epitaph. In the 16th century, it was customary for Christian rulers to present gifts to the Vatican upon the election of a new pope. So, in 1513, when Giovanni di Lorenzo de' Medici became Pope Leo X, the gifts began rolling in and didn't stop for the first couple years of his reign. Previous popes had received a menagerie of exotic animals as gifts, including parrots, mandrills, leopards, and a whole troop of monkeys. But no one had ever sent the Roman pontiff anything as exotic or as big as an elephant. That finally changed in 1514, when Portuguese king Manuel I tried to outdo his fellow sovereigns by sending a whole caravan of precious goods to the Vatican doorstep. But his goal wasn't just to show off. The king was actually eager to expand Portugal's shipping routes to India as a way to tighten the country's grip on the lucrative spice trade. However, Manuel would need money from the church and the Pope's blessing in order to pull it off. And that's where the Mountain of Presents came in. Hoping to win the new Pope's favor, King Manuel sent all the usual goodies you'd expect, 
such as gold, jewels, and textiles. But he also threw in a veritable zoo of foreign animals, including a cheetah, a Persian horse, and a white Indian elephant. It's hard to overstate the novelty of seeing an elephant in Italy during the Renaissance. To be sure, Italians were aware elephants existed. Centuries earlier, Hannibal had famously crossed the Alps with several dozen African war elephants. But no elephant had stepped foot in Italy since the fall of the Roman Empire, and since cameras hadn't been invented and paintings and sculptures were expensive, most people in Italy had never even seen a picture of a pachyderm, much less a real live one. You can imagine, then, the excitement it caused when a four-year-old white elephant arrived in Italy in the winter of 1514. He was named Hanno, after a famous Carthaginian explorer, and during his slow 70-mile journey from the port of Hercules to Rome, he became the joyful fascination of just about the entire country. People from all walks of life came out to see Hanno, with many following behind his entourage for days on end. The elephant, essentially a toddler, wasn't all that big. His shoulder is said to have reached only about four feet tall, but it hardly mattered. Hanno picked up new fans in every town he visited, and his most zealous admirers were said to have trampled fields, caved in roofs, and ripped through walls just to get a look at him. Hanno clearly made quite an impression all on his own, but when he finally arrived in Rome, the little elephant and his handlers went all out to dazzle the Pope. He was led in a grand procession through the streets of Rome, draped in luxurious fabrics and sporting a proud silver tower on his back. Later that day, the Portuguese ambassador presented Hanno to the Pope, and the elephant wasted no time in winning his heart. Upon reaching his new master, the elephant performed a trick he'd learned before being sent to Italy. In the presence of the Pope, Hanno dropped to his knees, bowed his head low, and trumpeted three times loud and clear. Then, he sucked a trough of water into his trunk and sprayed it out over everyone in the crowd, including the Pope, who was just as charmed by the little elephant as everyone else who'd met him. Not all of the animals gifted to popes remained in the Vatican, but Pope Leo X wanted to keep Hanno as close as possible. He commissioned a special enclosure for the elephant right between St. Peter's Basilica and the Apostolic Palace, and on weekends, he invited the public to come visit his favorite new pet. Hanno also made frequent appearances in parades, festivals, and other celebrations, but no matter how many times people saw him, they still couldn't get enough. The Pope was so pleased with Hanno that he wrote a gushing letter of thanks to King Manuel I, telling him, quote, It was the elephant which excited the greatest astonishment to the whole world, as much from the memories it evoked of the ancient past, for the arrival of similar beasts was fairly frequent in the days of ancient Rome. One is almost tempted to put faith in the assertion of the idolaters, who pretend that a certain affinity exists between these animals and mankind. The sight of this quadruped provides us with the greatest amusement and has become for our people an object of extraordinary wonder. Tragically, Hanno's time with the Pope didn't last long. In 1516, the seven-year-old elephant suddenly fell ill and began having trouble breathing. He was still quite young for his species, but the stress of being continually exposed to masses of spectators may have weakened his immune system. 
The doctors who examined him believed the elephant was only constipated, so they administered what was a fairly common treatment at the time, a suppository enriched with pure gold. It's unclear whether Hanno died of his illness or his toxic treatment, but what we do know is that when the elephant drew his last breath on June 8th, 1516, Pope Leo X was at his side. The Pope was said to be heartbroken by the loss of Hanno and was determined to lay the animal to rest with honor. So for starters, he hired the great artist Raphael to design a life-sized fresco portrait of Hanno to be painted on the wall of the Vatican's gatehouse. The Pope insisted that Raphael himself make the preliminary drawing, not the other artists at his studio. And while the finished fresco and the wall it was painted on were eventually destroyed, contemporary copies of Raphael's original drawings still exist. As a further expression of his grief, Pope Leo X composed a lengthy epitaph in honor of Hanno, including a portion written from the elephant's point of view. The full memorial is available online, but it reads, in part, Under this great hill I lie buried, mighty elephant, which the King Manuel, having conquered the Orient, sent as captive to Pope Leo X at which the Roman people marveled, a beast not seen for a long time, and in my brutish breast they perceived human feelings. Hanno the Elephant was buried beneath the courtyard where he lived, and while his bones were eventually unearthed in the 1960s, they were thankfully reburied and allowed to rest in peace. Remarkably, Hanno's brief time at the Vatican actually helped inspire the Protestant Reformation, if only a little. Many would-be reformers of the church were already outraged by the wasteful spending of Pope Leo X's papal court. He was known to host over-the-top feasts and masquerades, and was often accused of granting indulgences in exchange for contributions to his costly construction projects. Once the Pope's critics found out he had a special pet elephant from India, Hanno became the perfect symbol of the papacy's extravagance. In fact, German supporters of Martin Luther made Hanno the subject of one of their first published criticisms of the church. Then, a few years later, Pope Leo X excommunicated Luther, effectively launching the Reformation. Protestants may have viewed Hanno as the embodiment of church corruption, but for plenty of other folks in Europe, he was simply an amazing creature. Many portraits of the famous elephant were painted from life, and they continued to circulate in Europe for centuries after his death. Today, you can view four such works yourself at the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford. Another surviving tribute to Hanno is on permanent display in Rome's Piazza della Minerva. It's a sculpted pedestal for an ancient Egyptian obelisk that was uncovered in Rome in the 1660s. The support for the obelisk was created by the renowned Roman artist Bernini, and it depicts a familiar white elephant adorned with an ornate saddlecloth. It's reportedly one of the most photographed artworks in Rome, which is quite an impressive feat considering the competition. But based on all the praises sung about Hanno, I'd say the recognition is well-deserved. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. 
You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.